You're listening to Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the captain. Hello, Gareth Hall with you and welcome back for our first ever Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter podcast with the one, the only, the captain guy, Moldcaster, Gareth Hall with you. We are recording this podcast on this Wednesday, the 17th of January at 16 minutes past 11 Eastern time. And where the captain is in Queensland at 16 minutes past 10. And he's been very busy, our great mate, Guy Moldcaster. Hello, Guy. Good morning, Gareth. And how are you? I am well. First of all, did you survive Magic Millions Week? Because you were very busy. There was a lot of horses to take a look at. And uh, you eventually, I think, got the job done. You purchased a lot of horses at the sales. Yep. Yeah, it was was a lot of hard work through the farms pre-Christmas and up through the Queensland farms just before Christmas and uh, got to the sales nice and early, got through them, uh, had had a good bit of help from my two men, Leith and uh, Itchy, and we got a good list together. Chris and Charlie had a look at them and uh, we bought a good number of horses. Yeah, you purchased just over, what, $5.9 million of uh, thoroughbred stock there across the, the week there at Magic Million. 17 purchases altogether, guys. So... Is that one of the most active sales that you've been at for quite some time? Yeah, it, ha- it it definitely was, Gareth. But I mean, with the bonuses attached to the Magic Million sales, not only for the two-year-olds, but for the three-year-olds, the four-year-olds, the syndicators, horses, the sprint, there's so much money to be gained from there from a one-off payment that we we see a good value to be involved in the Magic Millions. It was interesting. I was talking to a few trainers of recent times and, I guess from a bloodstock point of view, your bloodstock agent becomes so important these days, especially for the bigger trainers because of that busy. But with what, 14 odd hundred horses to be sold there at Magic Millions, it's become impossible for those trainers to go and have a look at all of these horses. So they do rely on their their, their teams of bloodstock agents to really help them out during a sale yeah. like the Magic Millions. Yeah, definitely, Gareth. And you keep telling them that as well. Well, it's just, unless they want to forget about training their horses it's impossible for them to go and and inspect the 1400 horses their guy yeah i think a, a lot to do with it is knowing the previous stock out of those mares and what the stallions leaving and that sort of thing and probably a lot of the trainers are probably too busy to actually glean that information well so like when you have a look at america and you have a look at other sales around the the world um they do go for longer than what the Magic Million sale goes for. The Magic Million sale is our biggest sale. There's no doubt about that. But how many is too many horses at a sale like that? Or do you think that the number's right? Some of the American sales go for up to 14 days. Correct. And horses come in by the day. So what the, what they do is they send a team off in front to look at the first day's horses and then the the main uh the main buyers come through the second day and just work off a short list. So in, instead of thinking there's 300 horses a day, these, these, these uh, buyers are probably looking at 80 or a hundred horses a day, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a, do you think it's a changing landscape now in, in racing? Or do you think that, that we've got it all right at the moment regarding the, the, the sales and where they're placed? Vendors are pretty keen to sell their horses this week. Yeah. This week being last week, um, obviously the Magic Millions have offered a hell of a lot more horses than the fourteen hundred they sell. Um, I do think that probably the time of the Saturday night sales probably just about run its race. So sort of 
next year they're going to be racing on the Friday night and the Saturday. So I don't know if we really need a Saturday night sale. We start on the Tuesday. Maybe they could start on the Monday. That's up to Barry Bowditch and the team and Katie Page and Jerry Harvey. But I do think the sooner we get into it, the better we are, you know? Yeah, 100%. And, and there's been great debate at the moment regarding the two-year-old races. And like we're... And it's been an interesting debate amongst the racing participants that we're, we're breeding horses to sell instead of breeding horses to race. Your thoughts on that? Well, you've got to remember that last weekend at the Gold Coast, there was three two-year-old races held on the same day. So that's probably going to impact the two-year-old races around Australia, you know. Mm. You might say that there was a two-year-old race that was cancelled at Caulfield or whatever, but there would be a good number of Victorian horses that would have been targeting the debutante, targeting the magic millions and with that becomes attrition so just because there's not some runners for a couple of weeks i'm sure they'll bounce back in the next month or so so you were you were active in that magic million sale so you would have had orders that would have come in and i don't think you purchased too many horses off spec so going forward now and as you said a lot of the vendors want to sell their horses nice and early so they've got a little bit of money in the bank but going forward now to caraca and then you've got inglis especially uh, the Premier and, and Easter sale, which has always been, in a way, the Premier sale in this country. What's that looking like now as you as you head forward into the sale season, Guy? Uh, we would, we'll would we'll have a good number of orders for Caracas. We always do. We've bought a number of good horses out of New Zealand, namely Unforgotten, um, Kermadec, Colding, yeah. uh, Kovalika. So the, New Zealand's been very good to us. Um, but... You know, they're not really, we're not really looking for early two-year-old runners from the New Zealand sale. We've got a number of horses from our last year's purchases that are only really just going into full work now. Yeah. So what surprised you from Magic Millions? I was looking at the leading vendors and I, I don't know what price you would have got for Sedgino to be the leading vendor guy at the start of the sale, but they defeated Newgate who had a strong hand as a leading vendor over the last couple of years. And even Arrowfield, they've dropped down to fifth or sixth now. So that indicates to me that they've decided, well, that they've been surpassed at the Magic Millions and they'll continue to concentrate on Easter in a way. Yeah, it probably all comes down to the stallion power you've got and who, what, what stallions you bred your mares to two years previously. And Sedgenau had a number of very, very good horses that were always going to make a lot of money at that sale. Uh, they didn't quite have the numbers of Newgate and Arrowfield, but... Uh, you knew you knew with a week to go that they had some pretty big hitting horses and they sold accordingly. What about some value stallions there? You purchased an Exceedance and a Piero Colt. You got you got them for under the average there of one hundred and thirty thousand for an Exceedance, and I've heard some good things about the Exceedances as well. And then Piero's he's he's been a good stallion since he basically kicked off. Um, but you had a Wooden Bassett that really impressed. In fact, he produced the top lot in his first season in a way. Um, in this in this part of the world, so how did you rate the performances of the sides? Were you surprised by any any particular side that performed probably uh, above expectation? I think most of most of the obvious sold well. You know, you always knew I'm invincible and Wooden Bassett were going to sell well. There was a few good Farnans, um, North Pacific sold all right, and those two horses you mentioned before the uh, Piero that we got cheap, you know, that's just the joy of looking at a lot of horses and finding one that's going to slip through the cracks. Yeah. 
And so I guess from, from your point of view, the harder you work, the luckier you get, Guy. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got a number of people coming to the sale that want, you know, want a list. Yeah. And you've got to be organised. If you haven't got a list for them, they'll find someone else that's got one. And now, see, um, I'm Invincible, Snitzel and Sue Star perform well. We mentioned Wood and Bassett and Farnan had a, a successful sale. So um, that was great for their 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 stallions. But I think I enjoyed some of the, the stories too from some of the lesser known farms that um like the McCallick family in Tasmania that had success. Yeah, well they were they were pretty lucky. They had a good horse um that Coolmore Stud actually purchased and he was a big strong strong horse and uh, a really good type. Um, what did you make of the race day? There was plenty happening there, but Justify, he's got a good one in Storm Boy. He smashed the clock. And depending on who you ask, like when you have a look at the, the ratings from some of the leading um, ratings men over the last um, decade, decade or so, like a Dominic Byrne and a Dan O'Sullivan, they say that Storm Boy rated through the roof as one of the best classic winners for quite some time. But it's a new track, so there's new dimensions. So it'll be interesting to see how he trains on. But... He's a son of Justify. You would imagine that he might get over a little bit more ground as well. Yeah, I don't think there'll be too much of a rush to step him up and trip because he's probably got a race in about nine weeks' time that'll be suiting him. Yes. Um, Abounding was impressive to take out the the three-year-old classic for first light racing, and it was a big effort from the Robbie Heathcote trained filly. Yeah, and, you know, a good effort by Martin Harley too. He's walking around the neck brace about eight months ago. He was. That's a good story, isn't it, Martin Harley? Um, Great story. Yeah, and there was drama at the start. I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on this as well. So, And I was strong on it on Monday on Giddy Up. So you've got all this money that is being spent there at the Magic Million sale, and these owners buy these horses so they can race with big prize money. And then you come to a race day and there's not enough barrier attendance. They've got to get that right, don't they, Guy? Easily fixed, Gareth. Easily fixed. How there was no fix? race meeting. There was no race meeting at Doomben or Eagle Farm on Saturday. Yeah, they could have. They could have put a bus on and brought twenty attendants down. Done it like Japan would have been no problems. It even fired up our little mate James McDonald. Doesn't get fired up that often, too. Well, he was. He he was having a few little moments, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, could they do what they do overseas in Japan, but especially like? I know they've got more numbers in Japan. That's a bad example. But say, when you watch the, those horses at Royal Ascot and you see some of the, the stables have their own, they get permission to have their own handlers behind the gates and even the Americans have their own ponies that can lead up those horses. Do you think that we could go down that path? Uh, wouldn't probably happen in Australia with the o- occupational health and safety. But I do think an, a number of extra ga- uh, gate attendants would be the answer, Gareth, on when you're giving away that much money, I don't think there's any reason we should be having these little dramas. No, I think most of the owners there that are spending a lot of money on these horses, they'd put in an extra couple of hundred bucks to make sure that you can pay for these these barrier attendants. Yeah, I don't think they should put, be putting any anything else in. The owner's already putting enough in. You've got to remember that they're getting huge gate takings, they're getting TV rights, they're mm-hmm. getting a whole lot of money coming in. There's no reason to have these dramas every year. You're looking forward to seeing the races under lights there next year. They've got that $3 million slot race called the Sunlight, which will add a little bit of extra um, attention to the Magic Millions Carnival guy. Will you be buying a slot with all the money that you spent? Surely Moldcaster Bloodstock 
would have enough money to buy a slot? I've never really been interested in buying slots in these sort of races, Gareth. But I mean, a lot of people do make money out of it. But then you have to actually have the right horse to make the money. Yeah. So Karaki, you told us you, you told us that you've had so much success with those horses that you just mentioned. So what's your process now? Do you get there nice and early to have a look at these these yearlings on the farms, or have you made your run a little bit too late there? I've seen I've seen a number of them on the farms. I've got uh, I've got pretty good memory of what what horses look like in New Zealand, what their brothers look like, and that sort of thing. I'll be there from next Monday. Should have it finished by Thursday morning. Have our list together by Friday morning, and have a couple of clear days before the sale starts. So I find this fascinating as well. And I was talking to a few of the breeders and the um, buyers there of um, when I was on the Gold Coast. So the the difference when you're looking at the Magic Millions horses compared to the New Zealand horses. So like, what kind of different shape and the way that they look? What what's the different skills that you need to to pick out a a superstar from a Caracas sale compared to say the Magic Millions? Uh, probably, I'm in a little bit of a different boat because I probably bought half a dozen nice staying horses at the Magic Millions sale last week that would have probably nearly zero chance of getting to the two-year-old race, but we're buying them for guineas and derbies and hopefully come back for the three-year-old race the following year. Yeah. And, they, and they were just about all under sale average. So is that a myth that where you've found a niche in the market in a way that people go, well, you come to Magic Millions, you got to buy a horse like a, a Snitz or a Capitalist or those type of horses that'll be up running nice and early. Sue Star, maybe for a a Magic Millions two-year-old classic and you need a two-year-old. This is like a two-year-old sale, but do you think that sometimes you like you found winks there at Magic Millions that 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 can be a um that can be um a myth in a way that you can't find a, a derby or a classic winner at, at, on the Gold Coast? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's up to each individual really, isn't it? I'm quite happy doing what I'm I'm doing and it doesn't worry me if everybody wants to buy an early early season two-year-old that runs over a thousand meters. Yeah. What do you make of Caraca? Because with the money that's been poured into the industry, thanks to Wentain, um, and talking to NZB, they say it's the best catalogue that they've had for quite some time. And you have a look back at say history of Australian Group One racing or recent successes of New Zealand bred horses in our Group 1 races. I think seven of the eight Group 1 winners were bred in New Zealand at the championships last year that a lot of the, the vendors um, have decided to keep their horses at home. Yeah, um, I think I think that, you know, the New Zealand horses do outperform, but also you're buying them for a lot less than you pay for the Australian yearlings as well. Yeah. Do you think it'll be as strong as Magic Millions, New Zealand sale? I think it'll be a good sale, but I think it'll be impossible to think there's going to, the Magic Millions is going to be replicated. Yeah. Hey, what about our Saxon Warrior that we purchased at the Ready to Run? And I tell you, the Ready to Run sale could be another big success, but I've been watching those Saxon Warriors and Tony Pike produced one um, on Saturday, Guy, that got me excited. Because you've been, 50, yeah, you've educated 55, us through. Yeah. $55,000 purchase. You've educated us through the process and with our breeding bloodstock and banner, we, we teamed up with Lindsay Park and we purchased the Saxon Warrior. And um, um, they're the horses that you can try and identify. And, and he's a stallion that's took, taken a little while to get going, but he's starting to really hit his traps now, Guy. 
Well, that horse that Tony Pikes looks like he's just won four or five in a row pretty easy, doesn't he? Yeah. So um, exciting times. Talking about a man that is excited. I don't know. The Blue Points, how do they sell as we welcome in our producer of the Breeding Bloodstock and Band of Podcasts and Jackson France. Jacko, you're a big breeding buff these days. How did you find the Magic Million sale? Yeah, it was a great sale, but firstly, good morning, Captain. Good morning, Gareth. And yeah, it was all happening. Some fantastic results for plenty of great vendors there. Obviously, you touched on the Tasmanian, the McCulloch family down there that did a fantastic result there with their yearlings. So I'm um, really looking forward to the upcoming sale season with Cracker just around the corner. You got some questions for the captain. How do you send your questions into Guy? Yeah, so you can get in touch with me at jackson.frans at scn.com.au. Yeah, all right then. So France with a Z. Yeah, correct. So F-R-A-N-T-Z. So right, the silent yeah. T in there. But the first one comes through from Mick and he says, Captain, have you noticed any changes in the physical attributes of the current yearling crops you're inspecting compared to that of yesteryear? No, not much changes, Jackson. They've all got four legs and a mm. tail. What do you have to say to a trainer like Mick Kent Sr. who pops up around this time every year to voice his concern about the industry breeding horses to maximise yearling sale profits rather than race horses? And this one's from Chris. Um, I think everybody's entitled to their opinion. Um, I think if you've got a brood mare, you probably do need to send it to the most commercial sire you can. I don't think you're going to... You know, you're not going to try and reinvent the wheel by sending a, a very dour mare to an absolute five furlong horse or anything like that. But you just have to find a happy medium. The final question today comes through from Craig, and he says, which first season stowing impressed you the most at the Magic Million sale? Um, I was pretty keen on Wooden Bassett before the sale, and having seen them go through the sale, I still haven't changed my mind, and I was very happy to have bought some of them. Yeah, the Wooden Bassets for Cornwall, they've made quite the splash there in the Northern Hemisphere. Team Hawks have got a pretty good one as well, the Wooden Bassett as well. So, um, yeah, they, they've hit the ground running. And Cornwall um, purchased a few of the Wooden Bassets back. Um, I know they teamed up with Tiako Racing to buy that top top lot worth, what, $2.1 million out of... Um, Avantage. Yeah, Avantage. Yeah, that was a successful horse for Tiako Racing. Um, Captain, what do you do now to regroup? Do you need to do, um, do you play a little bit of golf now to clear the mind because you'd be sick of looking up, uh, looking at horses walking up and down? No, well we've actually had a few storms on the Gold Coast. It hasn't done a lot to help the golf courses. Um, I got two days to go before I get on the plane and head to New Zealand. Um, just churning through the catalogue now, I found a good one for you, Gareth. There's a sister to Prowess is going to get sold at Caracas. So like if you've got a you know just over a million bucks, I reckon we'll be hard to beat just, so probably talk to jd and and ben and will at, at lindsay park and we can probably whack it up into thirds or something yeah. and sort it out we've we've we filled up the other one pretty well um or jd hayes did with their with their um with their um, giddy up website Warrior. and giddy yeah. up warriors so um it's just good to be part of their team but um they're, they're great sponsors of ours um lindsay park so it was great to team up with them but I think a million dollars might surpass our budget just a little bit, guys. Surely you can find a bargain for us. Maybe 130000 140000 like that Exceedance or a Piero Colt. I saw in the news the other day that your Perth horse is coming to the eastern states after the Quokka. Yes, Amelia's Jewel. Do we know the training, yeah. Gareth? Well, Do you have an inkling? I reckon if I was a betting man, if I was a betting man, Simon Miller's one of Simon Miller's good mates. 
John O'Shea. Yes. Mm. So I would imagine he would have a have um, input, Simon Miller, on where that horse goes. But I reckon your man, C. Waller, might be high up on the agenda, Guy. Have you heard any news that you can tell no, us? No, I just... All I know is I just saw it in the newspaper and I was surprised you didn't bring it up, actually, Gareth. Yeah, well, it was sort of yesterday's news. We brought it up a few times, but this is a new show and we've got new different listeners, of course, listening to this podcast compared to Giddy Up. I know that our, I know James from Von Kloos was quick on the phone. Um, I reckon he'd be keen to ride the Perth pony these days. Yeah, yeah well, he's, he's, never, he's never mucks around, does he? He wants to ride all the good ponies at the moment. What do you reckon of Karaka Day? That's a question that came through that didn't quite make the list. But that race day is going to be something else, Guy. And the Australian jockeys, the poor Kiwi jockeys work all year. This is their chance. Million-dollar races left, right and centre. And they're, they're staying in the jockeys' room because the others have just come in and taken all of their rides. It's a little bit like SEN, isn't it? Jackson does all the work and you get all the glory. <laughs> Uh, what about the blue points, Jacko? Were you happy with them? Yeah, they averaged uh, 215,000. He hasn't had a winner yet, but they are about to step out. There was a few nice trials yesterday at Caulfield. So plenty of trial and jump out winners, but they can't translate it to race day yet, which is not good. We saw a young, we saw, and this was a good story that I thought that we mentioned a little bit last week um, on the show. And I reckon this would have given you um, plenty of ammunition, Jacko. Um, the young girl from Queensland that purchased a horse or a mare for twenty thousand dollars sold at a broodmare sale for two hundred and sixty. Sold the 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 North Pacific Colt for two hundred thousand dollars, and she's only twenty four. She's purchased three houses now. Um, so, Jack, I can tell you, you can tell your mum that it can be done. Yeah, I've got mum on side. I've been taking her out to the farm to see the foal, so we've managed to suck her in. So, might have to ask her for a loan if this one doesn't sell too well. Yeah, so <laughs> you can do it, can't you, Captain? You need a little bit of luck. I thought Jackson was going to get a phone number off you and marry her. Yeah, I know. You should have. I don't know if she's single. I don't think no, that's not the worst idea. No. <laughs> <laughs> or teach me how to go about it. Yeah, well, Jacko, he's a bit sh- I think he spends all of his time looking at the breeding books and the catalogs and going out and dating guy. Unlike you, that yeah. you, unlike you and your heyday that you used to combine both until you found your lovely. Are you married, Captain, or you got a partner? No, I'm married. Yes. My lovely wife's here yeah, in the so, background. So there you go. So you, you're an inspiration to Jacko. You've, so and you're cool. batting well above your average too with your beautiful wife, Captain. So you've done extremely well there. Well, thank you very much, Gareth. And you can take a shopping as well because Jacko said it. And I didn't want to bring it up, but it's I'm no mathematician. This is Jacko's notes. But it's some serious sales commission for the captain. <laughs> so Mrs. Mulcaster, take it away. Um, what are they? Gu- <laughs> Gu- Gucci bags? Gucci? Gucci. Gucci yeah, bags, Versace. yeah. Um, Versace, yeah. Hey, Captain, just before we let you go, your Captain's pick? Um, Quite keen on Naval Seal at Flemington Saturday as long as he gets a soft barrier. Have you got any horses that you've bred, maybe some two-year-olds that we should know about? Or horses um, that we can keep an eye on? Yeah, I've got a quite a nice filly, three-year-old filly at Liam Howley's called Usk Valley. Had Three starts for two placings should come back a fair bit stronger this preparation. Usk Valley, Liam, Liam Howley. You do like you've how many trainers have you got these days, guy? Quite a number, Gareth. Yes, you have. You've got to be everybody's friend when you're in the bloodstock game. Hey, Captain, I'm looking forward to catching up with you next week, live from New Zealand. Um, so this time next week, you'll be starting to inspect those yearlings uh, that 
beautiful complex there at Caraca. Are you staying in the city or you're out on the um, at the complex? I'm staying in the city, but if you're at the uh, Curramore tent on Tuesday or Wednesday morning, we'll be able to do the show and have a bit of bacon and eggs, courtesy of Gordon Cunningham. I'm looking forward to that. Just remember we're live um, and we're from Cracker Catchers, so not recording. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, I won't mention any words then. <laughs> no, no. Hey, Captain, well done. Hey, just with my caster, Bolcaster Bloodstock, um, a few messages came through on the email as well. So if we want to get involved with Guy Molecaster, is any horses still available? I know that um, there was a couple of people that came up to me wanting to purchase a few horses that you that you bought there and they already were filled up. So um, is there any any available shares? No, basically all the ones from, from Magic Millions are sold, but I'd be more than happy to talk to anybody uh, if they flick us an email on g.molcaster at hotmail.com. In, in regards to the Caracas sale, the Classic sale, the Premier sale, the uh, Adelaide sale, or the Easter sale. So G Molcaster. G dot Molcaster. G dot Molcaster at hotmail.com. And if you mention Giddy Up, you'll get 5% off the um, the um, commission for the bloodstock agent. If you there mention Giddy Up, you'll get the same as everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Captain. Love your work, mate. Well done on the weekend. And go and take out your beautiful Mrs. Molcaster. For a beautiful dinner today. She hasn't seen you for, what, two weeks? Okay, Gareth. Well, that sounds good. You have a great day. Thanks, Captain. Um, Jacko. Bye-bye. See you, mate. Thank you, Jacko. Thanks, Gareth. See that you, is, Jacko. That, see you, Captain. That's the Breeding and Bloodstock and Banner podcast with the one and the only Captain Guy Molecaster. Gareth, all signing off. We'll chat to you, or Guy will anyway, live from New Zealand ahead of the Caracas sales next week. But for now, you have a wonderful week.